0: If you'll take your Bibles and open to Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, if you you have a Pew Bible, it's on page 1, but it's the second page 1, which is a little bit deceptive, I think. It should actually be page 679, but it's the second page 1, Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born, and they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child." And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him, then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Now this morning I want to talk about the trip of the Magi. And I want to talk about the Magi a little bit. Um, not, enough, not very much said about them in Scripture or anywhere else, actually. Uh, if you get on the internet, which I don't encourage you to do, and look up the Magi, uh, you'll find a lot of websites about Magi, and they'll remind you of websites you might find about the Rylians. You know, this group that just uh, announced that they had cloned someone with the outer space... Uh, the uh, You didn't see the news this week, I guess. But they would remind you of those sites filled with information that's not worth looking at. But what we do know about the Magi is that they were very likely astronomers, astrologers, philosophers, wealthy men. Uh, Perhaps these Magi had acted alone in coming to see Jesus and following the star. Perhaps they had been part of a larger cloister of Magi. Uh, They followed the star to Jerusalem. Why had they expected a star to announce the birth of the Jewish king? Well, we're not exactly sure about that. We don't know if God perhaps spoke to them in a dream, as he did later when they were in Bethlehem, or perhaps they were thinking of the prophecy from Numbers that Balaam had made about Israel. From Numbers 24, verse 17, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob, a scepter shall rise from israel and shall crush through the forehead of moab and tear down the sons of sheph so they may have seen that prophecy and had known and expected that a star would a literal star would announce his coming but the magi started on a three-part journey they started on a journey that would lead them from the east to jerusalem from jerusalem to bethlehem and then from bethlehem back home where were they from? Most likely the Magi were from Persia, as best as we can tell, which would be present-day Iran. That's about the distance from Jerusalem or Bethlehem, as uh, it's about seven to 900 miles. It's about the different distance from here to New York City. So they made quite a trip coming from Persia to Jerusalem. They might have walked, they might have ridden horseback, they might have been on camels. Um, Regardless of how they traveled, it was not an easy journey. It was a journey that took some time. If you've ever ridden horseback, you know that every mile you travel seems a long ways. And to travel from here to New York City on horseback would be quite a journey. It's likely that they had some type of beasts of burden with them, however, because it says that they brought treasures. Actually, it doesn't actually say that they brought treasures. It said that they presented him with their treasures. And we, I think, can assume that they brought them with them. They could have picked them up in Jerusalem, but I think a good assumption is that they brought them. They arrived in Jerusalem with a clear expectation. What was their expectation? Well, what did they say? Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. How many times do you think they had to ask this question as they were coming into Jerusalem? I don't think there was an information booth at the gate of the city. I think when they came into Jerusalem... They probably had to repeat themselves many times. There were probably some of the elders of the city at the gate. That's something we could probably assume. But I would guess that many times over the the first days that they were in Jerusalem, they were asking the same question. "Where Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? trying to find an answer. Word got around. Even Herod, the king, heard that the Magi had come seeking the king of the Jews. And the scripture says that Herod was troubled. Herod was troubled. Now, I think we know why. We could probably... uh, Uh, discern why even if we didn't have the later testimony that said he wanted to kill Jesus because he was threatened by his birth but Herod was troubled because some bigwigs from far away had come into town to worship somebody and that somebody wasn't him so he goes to his foreign guests and he talks to them and he says when you have found him that is the king of the Jews come and tell me report to me so that I also may go and worship him And at this point, the Magi must have been a bit naive because we are told that they had to be informed in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they must have believed in Herod's sincerity about wanting to come and worship the king of the Jews. But you know, the last phrase of verse 3 really stands out. It says Herod was troubled, but what else does it say? What's that last phrase of verse 3? And all Jerusalem was troubled with him. All Jerusalem was troubled with him. It makes me wonder who was all Jerusalem and what was troubling them. No matter how I look at it, if I look at it and say, well, all Jerusalem equals all the people in Jerusalem, or if I look at it and say all the Jer- Jerusalem equals the, J- the Jewish leaders, religious leaders, I still come down on the reality that what was troubling them was something political. What was troubling them was something political. When somebody comes into town and says they want to worship a king and you already have a king and you already have a political system going on, you know that there's going to be a disturbance to the status quo. There was some political problem it's like when we have a, uh, a, uh, nat- our or national conventions for our political parties. Do you ever wonder sometimes how they arrange the city that they're going to have the co- political convention in? You don't, you don't see, well, maybe they do try, but you don't see the Democratic National Party convention taking place in Salt Lake City. It's just not something you would consider as a, as a as an option for a lot of reasons. But one of the great reasons is it's such a conservative place, such a conservative place. And it would be like that. The political unrest. These men come into town and they're announcing something that's politically disturbing. Now, if if all Jerusalem equals all the people, they might fear because. They might fear that the Romans are going to be offended by this Jewish king that's being announced. And so they might be afraid of what's going to happen in this context. If all the people in Jerusalem being troubled equals the Jewish leaders, then they might be afraid because they, like Herod, might feel a threat to their own power base. Jerusalem was troubled. I tend toward the latter interpretation, that it was the the leader's especially who were troubled. They were the ones who Herod called to make inquiry about the Magi. So the Magi are there at Jerusalem. And after Herod's inquiry, they are sent to Bethlehem. And this begins their second journey, the second part of their journey, I should say, from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Verse 9, after hearing the king, They went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. Then they saw the star. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now consider for a minute with me, if you're a Jew and you're living in Jerusalem at this time, And you know that there are prophecies concerning a Savior. And you're expecting that the Messiah will be born, if you believe the prophecies at all. And that this Messiah will be the Savior King of Israel. And suddenly, as you're there in town, some rich Gentiles show up. And they ask this question, where is he who is born the King of the Jews? And Herod the King takes notice. Because it's spreading all through town, this question they're asking. And he asks the leaders, he comes to you and says, Where is the Christ supposed to be born? And you tell him, Well, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And you see the Magi, you know they've been asking questions around town, perhaps they've talked to you personally. And everybody's troubled about these events. And then the rich Gentiles get back on their horses or their camels or start walking, however they're moving themselves and they start toward Bethlehem because you've told them that's where he's supposed to be born. And Bethlehem's about eight or ten miles away from Jerusalem. Why don't you go? Why didn't they go to Bethlehem? Why don't we have a record that the Jews or the Jewish leaders went down to Bethlehem with the Magi? I know I'm arguing from silence here, but it's a real loud silence. Ever heard those real loud silences from Scripture? We know that the Magi, it's recorded that the Magi, were going their way, that they were rejoicing at the sight of the star, that they were coming into the house, that they were seeing the child with his mother, who we're assuming because of the time that they gave to Herod was under two years old at the time. We know that they were falling to the ground and worshiping him. We know that they were presenting him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know that they were being warned by God not to return to Herod. Where's the warning for the Jewish leaders? Where's the warning for the Jewish crowds? When you go back to Jerusalem, don't tell Herod that you found the Christ. What kind of a signal would it have taken to get the Jewish leaders to come to Bethlehem and actually see the one that the Magi had come seeking? There's a church between Cincinnati and Dayton, and it's... uh, It's a real large church. If you've ever driven up 75 in that area, you've probably seen it. And they have a huge sign out front. It's one of those uh, computerized electronic signs. And I can't remember the name of the church at this point. But I remember one year we were driving through there because we drove through that corridor lots of times as a family, visiting family in Cincinnati back to Michigan to visit my family. And we were driving through there, and they had. Uh, it was during the Advent season, and they had the sign, and it was lighting up. You know how these huge uh, electronic signs will just, all of a sudden the word will just explode onto the sign or just come on small and get bigger and bigger and bigger? Well, that's what this sign did. As we were driving up, it said, Live! 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 Manger scene! And we're driving into, the, into this place and I looked at that and I just started laughing. And I thought, what in the world is that? And if, you know, after last week when Pastor Tim was just preaching about how humbly Christ came into the world, it seems such a contrast. Would it have taken something like that to get the Jewish leaders to Bethlehem? Would that finally have gotten their curiosity up enough to go down there and see if this was the Christ child? Perhaps they dismissed it because they were assuming that the announcement of the Messiah would come first to them, not to some, Jewish or some non-Jewish magicians from the East, Perhaps they suppressed their new knowledge because it troubled them politically. 1 John 1 5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In verse 11, it says, He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. In this point, we have the last part of the Magi's journey taking place. Verse 12. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. What were they thinking as they started home using this alternate route? What do you suppose they were thinking? I can't help believing that, they were, that there was some level of, wow, that's not what I expected. I mean, that was really good, but that's not really what I expected would happen. You've probably had this happen if you're married and you've wanted to plan a date with your wife and you've got all dressed up, the kids are going to the mother's for her to watch them, you've got the dinner reservations all set and you get in the car and you start driving and what happens? You start an hour-long argument. You've never had that happen, have you? You start an hour-long argument. And what happens is something that you didn't expect. You thought you were going to go down the tunnel of love. And you went down the tunnel of chaos instead. But that's good because you hadn't been down the tunnel of chaos for a while and you needed to catch up with each other, right? And so something very good happened, something very necessary happened, but it's just what, not what you expected. Well, that's what I think of when I think of the, the Magi going back home. I think that the Magi expected that the Jews were going to mobilize around their new king. They went into Jerusalem. That's where the, the center of Jewish activity was. They didn't make any uh, private inquiries. They started right off. Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east. We've come to worship him. I think they expected that there would be mobilized around their new king. I think perhaps they might have assumed that their gifts would be gathered with other gifts. One might expect this as a proper tribute for such a significant arrival as the king of the Jews. Perhaps they thought they would fight through crowds to see him or even have to make an appointment as you would have to do with other kings. They had come hundreds of miles on an errand of cosmic significance. The birth of a king announced in the heavens by a prophetic star. When they found the king, he was just in a house in Bethlehem with his mother. just in a house in Bethlehem with his mother. Those who should have played a part, the part of his subjects, didn't seem to care. Didn't seem to follow through. Were the Magi disappointed? Not at all. Verse 10 and 11 say that when they saw the star... Leading them to Bethlehem, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell to the ground. They worshipped him. And opening their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were not deterred from their action. As the song says, that star of wonder, star of might, uh, star of uh, might had led them. Had guided them to the perfect light, and they were there before Christ. This uh, historical record encourages me, and it should encourage you as well. And why should it? Have you been on an errand of cosmic significance lately? Have you been on an errand of cosmic significance lately? Now, I don't mean have you seen a star and have you followed it. I mean, have you tried to pray? Have you tried to evangelize? Have you attempted to train your children up in the way that they should go? Have you attempted to go and work and labor at your job as unto the Lord? Have you striven to love your neighbor? as you've been commanded to do. Well, you might say, well, these are not the same as bringing gifts to, the, to worship the king. If I read uh, Romans 12 correctly, verses one and two, I think they're very much the same as bringing gifts to worship the king. It's more likely though that we would say when we think about this, well, I started to do these things, but they didn't turn out as I expected and I've become discouraged. It didn't turn out like I thought it was going to turn out. You know, prayer held out a lot of promise at first, but it turned out to be such hard work, and my prayers seemed so impotent. Evangelism sounds exciting. Evangelism explosion even sounds powerful, doesn't it? Until you find out about that confrontational stuff, then you realize the explosion means... The feeling that you get when your blood pressure rises and you feel like you're going to explode because you're afraid to talk to people, that's not really what it means but My children, how I cried at their births, but it's so difficult now to influence them. It's so difficult. It's not what I expected. Does God even know where I work? I wonder what my neighbor's names are. We become discouraged because we lose sight of the cosmic significance. Because we start to think that it's our cosmic significance. And we start to have our eyes on ourselves. We start to see ourselves as the center of things and we wonder why we're discouraged. But it's not about us, is it? Was it about the Magi? Did they see the trip about themselves? I don't think they ever questioned who the trip was about. I think the entire time they were going, they knew that the cosmic significance that they were going to see was not their own. It belonged to another. Hebrews 12, through 3. Turn with me there if you would. Hebrews 12. Therefore since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us And let us run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. Fix your eyes on Christ. Philippians 2, 3-11 talk about the humility of Christ and how we should humble ourselves and follow his example, That that we are to have his attitude, that we have to become humble like the Magi. The Magi weren't concerned about their own significance. If they had been, they might have doubted and been discouraged when the trip took unexpected turns and then the crowning moment took place in a humble residence. But they had one thing on their minds. Their mantra. Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? Their eyes were fixed on that event. Where is he Who has been born the King of the Jews? So, when you're at home and you're brushing your daughter's hair and she starts screaming because you're pulling her hair out, what do you say? Rather than pulling your own hair out, you say, Where is he who has been born the King of the Jews? You fix your eyes on Christ. When you're at work and you have an excellent opportunity to tell your boss about Jesus Christ and you feel that huge lump coming up in your throat and your blood pressure is rising and you realize that your, te- your attention is getting, getting fixed on yourself, you stop and you say to yourself, where is he? who has been born the King of the Jews. You fix your eyes on Christ. When you're in prayer, you come before God and you say, where is he who has been born the King of the Jews? And you get your perspective and you fix your eyes on Jesus. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful, joyful,